What is going on, everybody? What is going on? It's your host, David, and I'm back with another episode of the Top Bunk Sports Podcast. And we got a lot to cover today. The first thing that I want to get to is the Mets' 8-5 to loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, of course, we are struggling. It is not easy. It is not something that everybody wants to watch. The product on the field is horrible right now. Trust me. I, I get it. I, I totally understand it myself. I honestly... It's not something that I'm that you could go look at and you're like, damn, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? It's not something that you could just sit there and just be like, yo, you know, we, we need to be better. And and that's and that's what it is. We need to be better at the end of the day. I, I can't I can't can't say nothing about it. So the Mets played the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday. Justin Verlander did not have his best stuff. He gave up two, three run homers uh, to Isaac Paredes. And, you know, it's just something that, that I, I guess goes with the funk of where this team is at, both pitching-wise and offensively. You know, you would think that offensively they'd be having it and then the pitching just be struggling the way that it's struggling, but both are struggling. And it's not and it's not as fun as people think it is. Trust me, I, I know it for a fact. It is not it, – it's it's not it's not something that, that – that, I'm <laughs> – I see. I can't even put it into words right now. It's not something that everybody wants to wants to see or enjoy. Now you fast forward to the next day, and the Mets already, you know, find themselves down, you know, on the verge of losing this series, and they pull out the most important victory of the season so far. In Game Two. They were down 5-2. And, you know, you, you have this thing where, you know, Vientos comes up. He ties the game. 2-2. And then when you're down 5-2, like I said, you have Francisco Alvarez come up. And he ties the game 5-5 with a three-run shot. And, yo, it, it was one of those moments where it had everybody, like, not emotional, but I'll say like in their feels because a lot of people, a lot of Met fans have wanted the kids to come up. So with the kids coming up, it's it, and, and they have that type of moment. It's like, yo, like we're we're in good hands. Now, of course, we're not fully back to where we should be. You know, we have a lot of games to win and we have a lot of teams to compete against. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but. I know this gives us a lot of confidence, you know, going into the season where you have these kids up here. You know, the Mets called up Gary Sanchez and 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 Mauricio could be called up soon or he may not. You know, a lot of people it's a 50 50 with Mauricio, but it gives us good positivity knowing that these kids are up. They're playing well so far and they could possibly be the main reasons on why the Mets turn it around. And I'm excited. I mean, yesterday they won 3-2. They took the series from, from Tampa. Tampa, coming into the series, we, as Mets fans, we were scared. We were scared. We, we were literally scared. And we were scared because of the fact that Tampa is a dangerous team. Tampa, you know, they're, 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 not, to, they're not to be fucked with. They're not to be messed with. You know, the 32, the 30, I think, what, 31 and 12? So they, they and they hit fastballs really well. They swing at a lot of, 
in the strike zone pitches. They don't swing at outside pitches. They're very, 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 very aggressive. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're very disciplined at the plate. That's what makes them even more of a good team is that they're a very disciplined team. So, you know, with Randy Rosarena being hot, Wander Franco being hot, I think you you get those type of, you know, oh Brandon Lau being hot as their as their leadoff hitter. Like, you know, you, you get those 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 feels. You know what I'm saying? You get those feels where it's like, yo, this team this team could whack us. Like this team could be dangerous this year. So it, it's it's interesting to see. Um it was interesting to see the Mets beat them in the series. I feel like we could have swept them, but you know, that's he say or she say. Uh, I, I think there's opportunity where now the Mets could build on this. Obviously, they play Cleveland, and that's another in-the-league matchup where I think they could take care of business. You know, Cleveland is young, but I think we're better, we're a better team than than they are. Uh, the pitching matchup is much better than than theirs. So I'm I'm very very interested to see how this plays out, and you know what what comes out of it. Um, but I want to get to another topic, and the next topic that I want to get to is the Knicks in Game 6. Um, obviously, for everybody that knows, Miami and the Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, and Miami's up one nothing. you know, up on, on Boston. Jimmy Butler's playing out of his fucking mind right now, but just a couple, t- you know, takeaways from the Knicks and, and their, in their matchup. Oh, man, I mean, shout out to Jalen Brunson, first and foremost. And the reason that I say shout out to Jalen Brunson, I say shout out to Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson was the only one, the only one that came out to perform today. Literally, Jalen Brunson was the only one that came out to perform today. And I think to for me, for me, that's embarrassing. Julius Randle was nowhere to be found offensively. Julius Randle was nowhere to be found defensively. Nowhere to be found. Our two-time All-Star, our all, our three, our third all-time NBA player, however the fuck you say it, you know, I apologize if I'm saying it wrong. He was nowhere to be found. That is an issue for me. That is an issue for me, okay? Because that tells me that when the when the lights shine bright, when the moment is there, he cannot be trusted. Don't get me wrong. A lot of Knicks fans gave him the benefit of the doubt, and it's gonna be sad going into next season. Where a lot of Knicks fans are going to be shitting on him. And they're like, yo, whatever he does in the regular season, I can give two fucks. We don't give a fuck. Because if we make the playoffs, he's not going to perform to what he needs to what he needs to be performing to. It's going to be sad. Because I don't have an issue with Julius Randle. You know, a lot of people want him traded. Would I trade him? Yes. But I'm only trading him for what he what he's worth or higher. Not trading him for less. I'm, I'm being straight up honest with you. I'm not trading him for less. So for these people that are out here wanting to trade him for 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 certain, you know, for low value type of guys. I remember last offseason they were talking about trade Julius Randle for Jay Crowder. Get the fuck out of here. Jay Crowder has not done shit for the Bucks. Jay Crowder has not done shit since he's been with the Suns. Let's be real. And you would just want me to trade my best. Well, one of my best players for Jay Crowder. No, nah, I'm not doing that. So a lot of Knicks fans are already prepared to have him on the rest of the team. And I'm just like, dude, that, that, that it is what it is. 
it is what it is. Like there, there's there's nothing you can tell me. Like honestly, like like there's there's nothing you can tell me that's gonna trade the guy unless I'm getting back another star player that's either on his level or that's higher. It's just I'm just being honest. I think what the problem with fans is that they get in they get too emotional with these shits. They get too into their feels with this crap and it, it sucks. I think that's why you know, and I, I say this now, but it might change. But I think after the season starts, I'm not joining no more Knicks spaces. I'm not joining no more. Like, I'm not doing none of that, man. Because it's a bunch of guys that come in here. And, yes, you could vent, but it's a bunch of guys in here that act like they know what the fuck, how to control a team. Y'all motherfuckers ain't been in a fucking environment like that to control a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I swear to God, the Knicks should do this. The Knicks should do that. The Knicks should, should move this guy. The Knicks should move that guy. The Knicks should get that guy. It's all he It's like I said before, it's all he say, she say, because they've never been in a fucking front office to actually do a trade. And it's true. It's 100 percent true. I'm being I'm being totally honest. It's it's annoying. It's it's disrespectful, not only to to the team, but to the guy who, again, y'all don't like his attitude. Y'all don't like his body language. But, you know, he does come and he does play at certain times. Now, does he show up at certain times? No, but the fuck can I do? You know what I'm saying? So if I'm getting another superstar back that's better than him, I'll trade him. I have no problem trading him. But if I'm getting less than 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 what his value is, I'm not trading him. And I think Nick fans need to know that. I, by the way, I think that was super disrespectful what they did um, in MSG. So I was at the watch party. I was at a watch party, and they had Nick. They had like Nick player bulletin boards, like with their pictures on it, right? And just out of the blue, you have people writing on his picture, talk about trade me on his face and just, you know, kicking down the picture and stopping on it. And it's like, this is this, that, I don't care how you feel about the guy. That right there is disrespectful. That right, get that right there. Yo, you gotta be better. You gotta be better as a fan base, as a fan base. Like, you, you got to be better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, like, come on. Because any other player in free agency, like a Jalen Brown could look at that and be like, I don't want to fucking go there. I don't want to fucking deal with, 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 the, with that fan base. You know what I'm saying? Like, he may not come out and say it or he may come out and say it, which I hope they do. Because then I could just be like, you see what, the mother, what y'all motherfuckers did? This fucking fan base don't know how to control themselves. And now, look, a fucking star player came out here and said that he didn't want to come here because of that bullshit now of course fans ain't gonna give a fuck because they're like all right fuck you motherfucker go play go play somewhere else go stay in boston but you have an opportunity to get somebody here that can actually be a key piece to helping to bring a championship with these young guys that we have here but they don't understand that and that's the sad part man that that that's the that's the sad part um uh you know the entire game just they they after after the 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 first half I, in the second quarter they kind of the game was kind of going downhill right defensively they really couldn't get nothing he started scoring um and it went back and forth until the second half where the heat really put the pressure on i mean the second half started with the heat having a one point lead and it started from there it was that was a really bad decision um to really you know, not close on a lot of plays. They couldn't get nothing defensively. And I just think that when you look at that, it's disgusting. 
I think, you know, shout out to RJ Barrett who played out of his fucking mind in the playoffs. I think you got to be better. You you got to be better. Uh, I already said what I said about Julius Randle. Josh Hart was nowhere to be found. It looked like he need, he was scared to shoot the ball. Uh, RJ Barrett was one for ten. That was disgusting. Um, you know, sad we didn't get him any quickly. He was still hurt. Jaylen, like literally, if you watch that game, Jalen Brunson was the only one that showed up, and that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. So, you know, that to me, right there, that I. I've always said before, because there's a lot of people that, that, you know, are saying that the Knicks don't have room to make any moves. They're over the cap. And, you know, now that this 11th pick didn't fall or this 10th pick, whatever the fuck it is, what this Mavericks pick didn't fall for us. Now we won't get a first round pick in the draft. And it's kind of it's like, ugh, OK, so the, the, the Mavericks will they'll get like they'll get I think the 10th pick. Uh, so whoever they draft in the tenth pick, uh, they'll get that. Uh, so if that pick turns out to be a fucking, a fucking, you know, really good player, you you already know Nick fans. Oh well, if we would have had that pick, we would have had him or da 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 da, and it's whatever at this point. So you know, the Knicks just have to you know learn from this season. It was a very very interesting, fun season. Uh, Made the playoffs, made it to the second round when a lot of people didn't think we would. And, you know, now you're Leon Rose, you know, you're Scott Perry, you're Tom Thibodeau. You got to you gotta learn from this offseason and you got to build on this. You got to build on it. It's just simple as that. So, you know, for all my Knicks fans out there, you know, unless it's the draft or the Knicks make some moves in the summer, um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy your summer and, and – you know, we'll see. We'll see what uh, we'll see what next year brings us. But I'll tell you right now, it is not going to be pretty. It is not going to be pretty. Just simply, just simply because of the fact that Nick fans aren't going to give him the time of day. Um, I won't be surprised if he gets booed on opening day next year. Um, I'm not going to boo him, but obviously, you know, I won't be surprised if they do. Uh, so we'll definitely see on that. Um, but yeah, well, we're going to have to wait till next summer. <laughs> um, bef- I just wanted to give my thought on this John Morant thing. Uh, as you may or may have not know or found out, John Morant got suspended indefinitely for being caught with a loaded gun again. Uh, this time it it was on IG live again, but this time it wasn't him recording himself. It was a friend recording himself, uh, recording him and basically, you know, exposing him. Um, and it was like, you could tell that when he sh- was showing John Morant, John Morant pulled the gun out and then he automatically just moved the camera for a couple seconds and then showed Ja again. You know, he put the camera, he put the gun back. Um, and obviously he didn't. He wasn't nowhere to be seen. Um, my my thing is this, and I get JJ's point. Uh, you know, shout out to JJ Reddick who was on first take and gave his uh, his initial opinion on it, um, and basically saying, you know, he's twenty three years old. Why are you gonna, you know, put the hammer down on him? You know, he's still young. He still has a lot to learn. But here's my thing: you're grown enough to go ahead and go to these parties throw these parties, hang around certain dudes, and you're old enough to understand what you do for a living. 
you're you're also old enough to understand the decisions that you make. So the first time that you do it, the first time that you do it, right? You basically told in yourself, like you ratted yourself out, right? So you go through the whole process, you get suspended eight games, right? You do the interview with Jalen Rose on ESPN, and then you go up to Adam Silver to meet with him, conversate with him, and you know, from our understanding, he basically told them that I'm never gonna do it again, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm focused on what I gotta do as a basketball player. And then you do this shit, even though it wasn't you, you still got caught. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like the gun was in his pot, like on on. On his pocket where it was seen or 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 it was on his lap and it's just there seen. No. He takes the gun and he shows it. Right? If you if you slow the video down, it's a little blurry, but you can see that there's a gun in his hand and he's he's hoisting it high. So right then and there is like nobody feels bad for this kid. Nobody feels no nobody gives this kid any sympathy because of the fact that you literally just went through this two months ago. We literally were just talking about this two months ago, and it seemed like once you were done doing what you were doing, that everybody was okay with it. Everybody was okay with you. Everybody was okay with 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 you playing basketball. That's it. You learned your lesson. You took accountability or whatever. We didn't. We never. Nobody would have expected you to go through this again after you just recently got suspended and did your suspension and 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 all that or whatever. To get caught again, bro. To get caught again. I don't feel bad for him. And I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of people are like, yo, like we understand he should be suspended, but not suspended for a whole year. And I'm going to tell you why he should be suspended for a whole year. Because not only do you have this shit done to you twice, right? Because of your fucking dumb choices. But what about the, the, the incident with the 17-year-old kid? So that that doesn't... That doesn't justify nothing. And mind you, they haven't even, they don't even know if he's like guilty of that or not. I'm not saying like guilty, like he committed a crime, but they don't know if, 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 you know, if he's going to get in trouble for that. So the NBA can't just wait until something is done. The NBA, again, it's an organization that they're just run. They, they, they got to keep going. So if they have that in their hands and then you have this bullshit. That happened twice with the same fucking reason. And I'm suspending him for a whole year, but I'm also suspending him because I got a whole bunch of new talent that's coming into my league in the summer. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that that are going to be drafted in the summer. I got young kids now that that just finished up the rookie year that I'm setting an example. I'm like, yo, there's a lot that I'm being that as me as a commissioner, Adam Silver, there's a lot that I'm 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 being lenient about. But this shit I'm not going to take. And again, if y'all do this dumb shit once and we speak about it and y'all do it again, I'm I'm taking precaution. And I think that precaution with everything else that Jaws going through that could blend him into some fucking serious shit. Give him a, a year suspension. Do, would the Grizzlies like it? No. But listen, my man made his own decisions. It has nothing to do with y'all. They're not going to feel bad for you guys. You may, Maybe it's time to move on that year. You know? Maybe, maybe what Tyus Jones gets that, that starting opportunity and becomes something better than what he is as a, you know, as a, as a, as a bench player, you don't know, we don't know. And that's my thing. 
with this whole John Morant situation. The kid is stupid. The kid is stupid. And at the end of the day, he needs to learn his lesson. And it's just it's just unfortunate, man. It's really unfortunate. And I hope that, you know, for the sake of himself, for the sake of his family, for the sake of his daughter, who, again, when she gets older, eventually she's going to either hear about this even more and she's going to have to deal with that fact. The fact that her dad was making stupid decisions and they're going to keep bringing his name up and, and, you know, just making fun of it. And it's something that, you know, no girl should deal with. At, at, especially when her dad is in that, you know, position, you know what I'm saying, with all everything going on with fame and all the, you know, stuff with where he's at and all the, you know, attention on his shoulders and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do during the summer and during the season. Um, a lot of stuff being interested with the, within the NBA. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. But um, the last two things that I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about game one between the Nuggets and uh, game one and two, actually, between the Nuggets and the Lakers. I mean, yo, shout out to the Denver Nuggets for really taking it to the fucking Lakers. Game one, their offense was 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 on pace. I mean, Jamal Murray had it going. Uh, Jokic, even though he was stopped in the fourth quarter, you could kind of see Darvin Ham. He had his moments where he stopped uh, Nikola Jokic and and it really it really looked like it was he was destined to really like how am I gonna say it like beat him like like he like they 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 knew how to play Jokic they knew how to you know control the pace with him and and knew not when not to get him in his flaws and I think that was a very good a very good way to to adjust to him was it too late Poss- you know obviously but. You know, Jokic is good, man. The Joker is good. Joker's gonna find a way, you know, find ways to adjust, adapt, and that's that's all it takes. That's all it takes in my opinion. So I think you know, you put you make certain moves within the game and that makes you a better coach. Uh so, you know, you saw that in game one, even though it was too late. And then in game two, the Lakers came out jumping right away. Uh, defense was aggressive. You know, offensively, they they, they they made certain plays. Rui Hachimura was being aggressive, especially in the second quarter, really just finding his stuff and, and, and being aggressive, you know, taking aggressive shots and, and just being smart with it. And you saw that. You know, you, you saw that. Second half, though, you know, the offense fell apart. They really didn't play no good defense, and the Nuggets really cap, you know, adapted to that. And that's what ultimately won the game in game two. I think, you know, you, how do you say, you go back to L.A. And now you know, yo, listen, if we can control, there's a lot of guys that on the team that score so many different ways, right? But if you could control Jamal Murray and you could control Nikola Jokic, you're, and you can, and you can make sure that your defense is number one, is, is the number one priority in the series, the series could go to seven games. The Lakers, I think, have the advantage in this now. That's not to say that the Nuggets can't do shit, because they can. I mean, you know, you talk about pick and roll action, where you know they put they 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 put uh, Jamal Murray in the pick and roll action, and he's just getting his shots off like nothing. That's the to success because the Lakers haven't found a way to stop that. 
And Jokic is the one that's really doing the pick and roll action because he's just basically finding his own shots over that and they got to switch and they switch very late. So that's that's a key thing that I took from that. Um, but I think if the you know the Lakers have a lot to, to to gain coming up with game three and game four because number one they're home and number two they found a little bit of an answer to Jokic. And if you can keep that answer going and make sure that he doesn't get hot and you can find a way to make sure Jamal Murray's not controlling the offense like that so comfortable so comfortably, you know, that right there, that 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 tells me that the Lakers could win the series. So we'll see definitely in game three and game four. But shout out to the Denver Nuggets for taking care of business at home and going up two nothing because you know, I they're 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 number one. They were number one this entire year for a reason. And um they're showing it. They're showing it right now. They're a hard team to play. The Knicks actually beat them. Um, so that uh, that was a happy thing for me because Jokic was in there. But, you know, it, it's it's uh, they're, they're, just like the Lakers are, the Nuggets are beatable. The Nuggets are beatable. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, and, yo, shout out to the San Antonio Spurs, man, for getting the number one pick. Uh, I think if they go after – I'm not, obviously they're going to go after Wemba. I don't, I don't think they're not. But, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to them. That it's it's gonna be fun to see in the draft. Um, they're building something there. They're building something there, and it's gonna be very dope to see. So shout out to them. But with that being said, I'm gonna end the, the episode here. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate y'all, man. Um, if you haven't, please do already. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook at Top Bunk Sports, and stay tuned for more highlight clips and 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 videos that i post on on the social media and stay tuned in for another episode that's dropping uh next week i appreciate y'all man and peace out